Welcome back to The Fallen Fruit. We are three babes from Cleveland talking about all things mystical and magical. I'm Katherine Urban. Lynette Ramos. Stephanie Genese. And today we are offering yet another episode featuring the tarot with the expertise of our very own Stephanie Genese. And uh, yeah, we're recording this episode on January 26th, 2020. And it is the season of love. So that is the theme for our tarot cards today. Stephanie, do you want to tell us what you have on deck? Ha ha. On deck. <laughs> Look at that pun. <laughs> tarot puns. Um, yeah. So today, instead of, I know last time we kind of went card by card on um, certain ones within the major arcana. And today we're going to stick with the theme of the major arcana. But um, we're kind of going to be talking about the card, the lovers, obviously, um, since it is the season of love and we are encroaching on then. Um, but also like the couplings between certain cards, for example, the magician and the high priestess, as well as the empress and the emperor. Not to say that these cards are like in this, you know, super cisgender heterosexual relationships with each other, but <laughs> they are, um, they do kind of represent the, as Catherine likes to remind me, the yin and the yang, right? The two um, aspects of one another. So I'm going to start talking about the lovers first here. Um, it's a beautiful card. Typically, it will feature uh, a depiction of two figures, typically one male, one female. Um, they're also usually represented as like Adam and Eve from the Bible, um, you know, things of that nature. And there's usually some sort of like tree between them or, you know, sun in the sky. So happy, jovial things. And this card represents exactly that, you know, partnerships um, and not just in romantic relationships, but it can be partnerships within business, uh, anything you do, you know, projects, creative things. But it's like when we think about, you know, romance and things of that nature, it's not necessarily the two people, but these two aspects coming together. Um, so these this card can come up to describe any kind of relationship, not just romantic? Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Um, because partnerships, you know, it's like in a romantic relationship, you're still trying to work towards a common goal. Same thing with like, business partnerships and creative endeavors very cool yeah yeah and astrology that reminds me of like the seventh house where it's partnership but it can be a lot of different partnership yeah Yeah. so it's not necessarily always like romantic although our minds always like to travel there especially when it comes to tarot readings i feel like love is the number one thing that people always kind of want the inside scoop on or you know um, and a lot of questions come up about love and relationships, but because we as people, it's like the one thing we can never actually master. Like you could be the most successful person, all the money, like most successful business person, artist, whatever it may be, but like relationships, those are like the one thing we can never quite figure out the winning formula. On. Isn't that fascinating? Yeah. And like love, you know, it like just eludes us all. Yeah. It it's does. ever evolving. Yeah. It is, and it's subjective, I guess, mm-hmm. you know, depending on who you are, depending on 
what you want. Very complex. Yes. And the lovers is a complex card in that way, too. Um, It's talking about the complexities of, you know, not only within yourself. I like to think about the partnership and relationship even within the self. So that doesn't have to be an outside entity that you're talking about. when You're talking about partnership and like balance and blending. That's interesting. So how would you read that if if you felt like or the cards pointed in the direction that it was about self? Um, I would read it like the, you know, two aspects of yourself, you know, your divine feminine and your divine masculine. Are they working in harmony with each other? Do they know how to like play off of each other's strengths and weaknesses and um, help you, you know, sort of elevate to that higher self that we're always trying to reach when those two aspects of ourself are working in harmony um, and are, you know, working with this common goal to get you to be your highest self, your most authentic self. That's when you've kind of like reached that sweet spot. So if you're doing a tarot reading for someone and the question is about relationships, that card comes up and people, I would think that if I was like coming to you with a question about my relationship, feeling doubtful about it, feeling insecure about it, and that card came up, I would feel like, ooh, that's a good sign. Yeah, if it pops up, you know, like, especially straight on, um, then yeah, it's a it's a really good sign. It's like, okay, then this is a relationship worth investing in. This is, you know, but it, you also have to think about the other cards surrounding it within the reading. That's ah. the thing too. No card in a reading really stands alone unless you're doing a one card pull. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if that was it, they were like one card, my relationship, let me have it. And this card came up. I'm like, this is what you're doing right now, I guess. Uh, put your energy into it. Yeah. But if it also like thinking about if it came up reversed, now some people Ooh. might say that if it comes up reversed, it means the complete opposite. That isn't necessarily the truth for me as a reader um to me it means that there's a resistance to that energy so yes this is a relationship worth investing in but it's like both of you kind of have to get out of your own ways and come together to allow and isn't that like such always like a symptom of the problem that you're trying to work through right like (laughs) yeah wow interesting yeah And then, you know, um, that card kind of leads me out into the other couplings we have here. So the first card, actually card number one of the um, tarot deck is the magician and followed by the magician is the high priestess. Now, the magician is typically seen as a masculine card um, and the high priestess being a more feminine card. Like I said, you know, these cards can kind of seem very like binary and gendered and like male female but again their aspects their energies we all have the divine masculine and the divine feminine within each of us i don't care how super testosterone filled you think you are you got feminine energy in you (laughs) it lives it breathes no matter how hard you try to stuff it down um it is in there and when you've really reached you know a point of i'd say like enlightenment call it whatever you want um, is when you know that you have both of those in you and you learn how to work with them. Anyway, um, the so the magician and the high priestess are kind of this coupling that play off of each other. The magician works with all that they have um, available to them, all of their tools, their abilities. 
And the high priestess works with all that they have or she has inside of her, her intuition, her knowledge of um, the way the mystic world works, the way the spirit world works. So it's things that are unseen, you know, the mysteries of the world. The so, magician works with more tangible. Um, yeah. Okay. I that That makes so much sense. Thank you. Like that helps me to understand these cards in a big way. Like the magician can use the resources outside of themselves mm -hmm. to create what they want to manifest basically or actualize. And then, and then the high priestess uses like inner gifts. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, you got it. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And that's kind of like why they need each other. So that's when you think about those aspects too, like the masculine and the feminine, we, you know, women or feminine identifying individuals tend to work with their intuition more, feeling things that like deep knowing that you have. Um, and the magician, you know, being that more masculine aspect, that's when you're working with like, what is around you? What are the resources that we have? Like, and that was the way that societies worked, you know, ancient ways there were people who were making sure that things were taken care of spirituality everybody was learning what they needed to um and then there were people who were using tools to like make the things that they needed so when you work together that's when the that's when the cycles and flow wow mm -hmm. that makes so much sense um yeah so like if the magician card comes up like that's saying like you need to take action like you need mm -hmm. to call in the resources available to you and utilize them and then the high priestess would be like think about it like feel it out yeah your intuition you know like all of those use the magic use spell casting use your manifestation you know with just your thoughts and your words and those things that are like readily available within you um, whereas the magician, it's like, okay, you're going to need some herbs. You're going to need to, you know, what are these aspects that you, or these, uh, abilities that you have, like your strengths, you know, if you're really somebody who's good at organizing or planning or somebody who's good at initiating, um, how can you use those to manifest the things at the end of the day, you're trying to create the life that you want. <laughs> and sometimes partnerships help us achieve that. Um, and again, that can be like the partnership within the blending of the two aspects of yourself or actually like real partnerships. So we think about relationships, trying to work towards a common goal together. The other person usually is different than you. They have things about them that um, kind of balance out. Maybe, you know, your strengths are their weaknesses and vice versa um, or pieces just come in and fit together. So that's one way to look at it too so that's why these kind of like couplings are happening here to show us that you know to reach that state of at the end the world or um even you know when you get to the lovers is that reminder you're seeing these couplings happening before we even get to the card of the lovers because oh, okay. these yeah so the magician the high priestess the empress and the emperor all come before the lovers so does that also kind of suggest like to be whole within oneself. Mm -hmm. Very Beautiful. much so. So Beautiful. like we can look at, depending on the reading too, you know, if there's things that lead us to believe that this might be a reading about just you and, you know, there is no sort of coupling happening outside of yourself, then it's very easy to read these cards for the self. 
And it's also obviously very easy to read them for relationships or other things like that. And Stephanie, uh, which deck are you using for our listeners? I'm using the uh, Salvador Dali deck. It is my favorite. I love it. Um, It's the only deck that I will read for other people with (laughs) or that I have yet. Um, I don't know if that'll change in the future, but I love them. They're my favorite. And um, can you talk a little bit about the high priestess high priestess card like she has like um a lot of times oh i see in in your deck too that she has the two towers yeah like the pillars so it's the um i'm gonna screw up boaz and it's like b and j what's the j word i don't even remember (laughs) but these are like uh hebrew words that are meaning like these two pillars you know one is white and usually sometimes the other one is dark or like the colors are inverted on them. Um, so it's like light and shadow, you know, working with, again, the yin and the yang, like you say. Um, so it's just constantly using these, those different parts. Like we know how, we talk about how valuable they are on here all the time. Like you can't have, you know, light if you don't know shadow um, and things like that. So yeah, yeah, she represents a lot. No, I was just going to say it makes sense because she's standing right in the middle. Mm -hmm. She's not leaning more toward one side or the other. Mm -hmm. And I think that we've talked about that, too, before is like nowadays we have this imbalance that everything has to not everything, but it's like light positivity Mm -hmm. you know purity that type of thing and love and light love and light (laughs) and to me the high priestess when necessary she can actually (laughs) step up and be in a more potentially aggressive yeah or in a dark place or use dark magic Mm -hmm. but i'm sure just based on her training she knows when and where absolutely she's responsible with that so she can consciously hex people right if if need be if necessary yeah she is the embodiment (laughs) of intuition too so when we're our intuition's working and we have that strong relationship with it we know like there's no second guessing which way to flow and like what energy needs to be utilized when like you're saying Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i love that that she's like in the middle of the two like embodying both hemispheres Mm -hmm. so beautiful Mm -hmm. um i remember i was watching the super bowl halftime show with lady (laughs) gaga and because i respect her as an artist i think she's very talented i do too but lady gaga yeah the other reason i like to watch the super bowl halftime show is because there's always illuminati symbolism (laughs) like right in your face like it's a ritual that millions of people are participating in whether they know it or not and i remember there was like a lady gaga one and she had the two pillars oh yeah so i didn't know that oh yeah there's like the eye of the illuminati symbolism everywhere like if you watch the Katy perry one or yeah. Ooh, so let's see what JLo uh, magic oh, is gonna yeah, like yeah. look like. <laughs> Can't wait. And they do it on in bulk. They do it on the first pagan fertility holiday. I'm just saying, why oh, don't we shit. just like? I don't know. I have my feelings about like football. I watched that God Aaron Hernandez documentary this weekend. Oh yeah. Oh, I have so many feelings about it. But like anyway, football in general, I'm just kind of like, I don't like sport. it. I, yeah, I like I football. <laughs> I can't. I'm just like, we these poor dudes are just and uh, yeah, those pants. 
All right, moving on. I mean, I get I get where you're coming from. I get where you're coming from. The moon but. is void. We digress. <laughs> we digress. We'll save that talk topic for another time. Yeah. Football and magic. We'll- <laughs> um but I want to get into the other ones too. Yes. So we can't can't forget about our, our next coupling here. Um, the Empress and the Emperor. So an obvious kind of connection there. We see it. The Empress is the mother of the tarot. She is the create creatrix, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that word, by the I way. I like that Me word too. too. Now that I know I could say it without slipping <laughs> up. <laughs> But she is, you know, the she births. She's got all the blues, the water behind her. And you'll notice the other thing. I don't know about the other decks, but this one specifically, you know, there's a lot of similar colors um, alternating here between the, the four of them. But uh, the Empress is, yeah, like I said, the mother of the tarot, which would have the Emperor be the father of the tarot. See, he's that much more um, authoritative figure, if I could kind of equate him to anything, it would be like a tree. He ain't budging. He knows where he stands. He knows what um, he needs, what he wants, how to get it, how to make it happen. He's got the discipline to make it happen. And as though, like, it's not the funnest card in the deck, it's definitely, (laughs) like, a necessary one. And there's a lot of, like, structure and um, roots and, you know, feeling grounded with that energy. And the Empress is a lot more of that water, a lot of the um, the flow, a lot of, again, like, you know, intuition. But here it's elevating in this next phase. You know, if you think of like the high priestess almost as the maiden and the Empress being the mother. You know what I think is interesting as I was as you were talking, I was thinking about like mothers that I know. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting because I feel like a lot of the mothers that I know are the like the disciplinarian. Mm -hmm. So I'm wondering how that plays out. Like in the tarot, it seems to be a softer, more nurturing energy. But in many households, the the mother is the one that is the the rule enforcer. So there is a rule enforcing that happens here with the, the empress, but it's much more of just like this focus. Like here's, here's the job of creating this, this thing, whatever it is that you are trying to create. Um, and the, the focus, there's a lot more of like a focus and not so much, um, of like rules and feeling like there has to be this like strict implementation of boundaries or things like that. Like, you know, there's like a, the Empress is very boundless. Okay. So I guess when it, you have, there's no need for more of that structure there. Okay. Um, because the job is, is just like bigger. Okay. Um, where the emperor, there's the emperor too. It's like, a it's big dick energy. Okay. So there's a lot of like ego, but not in a bad way. There's a lot of like, self-assuredness mm-hmm. um again not feeling like there's this need to implement structure mm-hmm. because it kind of already exists yeah it makes me think of like that guy who is solid within himself so he mm-hmm. doesn't have to be aggressive because he's already so secure within himself right. so he doesn't have like that ego power right issue going right like there's power and there's ego but it's coming from a place of like you know not feeling like you're higher above everyone and everyone's less than you. It's yeah. like, I'm going to step into a leadership role because I know that I can get all of us to, to the promised land yeah. together. It makes me feel like I would respect that type of energy. Yes. Yeah. It or, is a very yeah. like respecting energy. So yeah. you got to think about 
you know, if we, if we think about a father, father figure, father type energy, um, masculine identifying energy, how when we think about it elevating at its highest mm-hmm. and the way that it would be protective and it would be solid and firm in its beliefs and mm-hmm. its mission, um, but it wouldn't be overbearing, but it wouldn't be domineering. Mm-hmm. Um, Feels very secure. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like I can trust. Yes. In this big daddy or big zaddy energy. <laughs> yeah, you can. And it's not one that's going to overpower you because it's it can. It's not going to, you know, think of like, what's that one actor's name? The who was in. um, I don't know all the shows he was in. <laughs> Aquaman. Oh, oh, Jason yeah. Momoa. Yeah, that guy. Oh, Game yeah. of Thrones. That's yeah. the show. Yes, I got it. Yeah. So I like. You look at him and you're like, listen, definitely feel protected around that guy. Right. But yeah. you don't feel like he's going to like, you know, hit you and lock no. you in a closet and tell you you can't wear crop tops. Like no. He's out here wearing pink, loving his lady. <laughs> yeah. You know, he does seem yeah. like he has that soft side too. yeah. yeah like he's so secure within himself. Right. Yes. And that's the beautiful bending that happens when these two energies come together. Yeah. So beautiful. outside of the mother energy, how else? Like, let's say the cards in a certain reading wasn't about that. How else could that Empress energy show up? Um, creativity. That's right. Okay. Creativity. Creativity. So even when we talk about like birthing and mothering and, you know, something like that, like, you know, I'm looking at Catherine's beautiful belly. She's got sticking out. (laughs) She's got a little crop top. Yeah. I love it. That's that Empress energy too. You know, like, why should I hide this? Like Mm -hmm. this is let's, be real here miraculous shit people. she would totally breastfeed in public she's gonna breastfeed in public but it's not just the sense of like oh you know womb having making baby mother energy you know when we create anything this podcast is our baby we've all empressed the shit out of it and mothered yeah. it all of our different projects your book um you your know book. my book yeah <laughs> um your projects and yeah. the dance things and all those like anything that we do we're getting ready in the morning there's work that goes into that there's a process there's a gestation period before we walk out that door and literally birth ourselves into the world mm-hmm. um the music the music the makeup <laughs> all of it yeah. yeah jewelry um that's all you're feeding it yeah. everything that we do um washing the dishes house chores you know like you could get down to the very most basic things that we all do um and there's a creation that happens to it. There's a gestation period before the end result. So that's a lot of what the Empress is talking about and that like nurture and care that goes into it. So let's say that you were reading someone and they needed that energy. Like, let's say that there was a place in their life that they weren't utilizing that. What does it look like when our Empress energy isn't in balance or isn't at the forefront? Um, We're definitely like not caring you know you'll see somebody you go into their house and it's just kind of haphazard Mm. mess all over the place you'll see like they're not taking care of themselves and that's not saying like they're just getting up and walking out of the house but there's not even like a let me make sure i got at least a moisturizer on my face like i'm not saying you got to walk out the house with a full face of makeup because i never do but uh Just the basic, like, caring for the skin that you're in, you know, putting good things into your body. Do you have a glass of water that day? Um, When our empress energy isn't ignited, we're not, nothing feels like 
a creation process to us. Nothing feels like we need to feed it. Um, so things are just very, you can just tell. Like, like we're just going through the motions. Going through the motions. There's not the sense of like pride or the sense of excitement and like wonderment. And or like passion yes, about it. Yeah. passion, care. Um, and that's with anything that we do ourselves, our relationships. If we're not able to utilize this energy, then, you know, because we are talking about sort of partnerships and relationships here, I guess, um, your partner's not going to feel loved and cared for. And then neither are you. So, like, that element has sort of left the relationship. Yeah. And now you're operating at a, we're just trying to survive the day. It feels, yeah. it feels like that imbalance of the sacral. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, yeah. You're, the, you're the chakra master, so. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know. Yeah, and, like, I think in long-term relationships, like, you can kind of just get into maybe some of that more emperor energy where you're just, you're creating a lot of security and there's stability in the routine and you can depend on it. But, like, if you lose that empress mm-hmm. vibe, like, it's probably not sustainable for very long because you want to feel nourished by your stability, Mm -hmm. by the structures in your life. Yeah, I mean, you meet those relationships where they've got all the structural stability, the material stability of the house, the jobs, the cars, all those things. And then you'll look at the actual coupling itself and like the, the intimacy of it. And, you know, there's no... um, they're not paying into the pot of like affection or care for one another or having conversations with one another or still, you know, um, things like that. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. I'm curious, too. Is there any way that those cards will come up, the emperor and the empress that talk about money? Because it, it makes me think of like royalty. Yeah. So it can um, talk about money and talk about things in that material way too because the emperor is this sort of earthly energy and he is ruled by the planet of Jupiter. So when we think about Jupiter, we think about expansion, we think about good luck, fortune, abundance. Oh, that's good to know. Mm-hmm. I might work with the emperor a little bit. So oh, what yeah. happens <laughs> if, if the emperor is out of balance in someone's life? What does that look like? That looks like chaos without order. Like chaos, chaos can be useful, right? We all know that. Yeah. Um, but chaos without any sense of purpose or any sense of like direction then it's just chaos for the sake of being chaos and that's what somebody's life may look like you know like not being able to hold down jobs or not being able to hold down even if it's you know whatever they may be doing um to Put food on the table, um, things being all over the place, never having enough money to get by. You know, when the emperor energy is out of whack, it's somebody who's missing appointments, somebody who's you got to have a balance of both. You know, it can't be all play all the time, but it can't be all work all the time either. And so um, the emperor understands that, too, like wants to enjoy the fruits of his labor. I think <laughs> what what's coming to my mind mm-hmm. and like, say, when I think of like what it would look like if the empress was in more prominence than the emperor, it takes me back to when I was like 24, 23 years old, where I was just filled with creativity and magic and wonder and the desire to put it into a container, but not knowing what the hell to do with myself or my gifts. Yeah. And so it was chaotic, Mm -hmm. but yeah. 
would have been great to know, you know, what it is the fuck I was supposed to be doing <laughs> back then, but no one tells you that. I think I used to pull the emperor a lot. Um, when I actually was first got this deck, uh, this card would show up a lot for me. And I was like, what is it? I was like, oh, maybe I did like a reading and it was like, this is your higher self card or whatever. And I pulled the emperor and I was like, oh, and I kept pulling it. And it kind of makes sense because, again, with the Jupiter and the Sagittarius and you know, all that good stuff. Um, and I feel like, you know, I, got, I could have big daddy energy sometimes. Um, be my own sugar daddy i try <laughs> i don't know if it's sugar i should be having right now that bank account's feeling a little diabetic but uh get there <laughs> um but uh but i think too it was also like a lot of times i was missing the structure and this past year this was something that i found that like oh i needed and so it might have been also like you know, me just trying to be like my ego being like, oh, this is the emperor. But it was like, no, bitch, like <laughs> you need a dose of this. You're not going to reach that elevation of, you know, highest self or whatever it may be. And this was like a silly little prompt off Instagram. But um, I it was, you know, like I needed that sense of structure in my life. Yeah. It was like you need a big dose of this. That's why. Um, and since I found that, I feel like, oh, not that I'm operating at the highest self, but I'm operating in a at a higher level than I was previously. So one more little onion let peel off the yeah. layer. We're getting there. That card <laughs> kind of like I definitely see the Jupiter symbolism in it, but I also see Saturn. So I feel like it's like the best qualities of, mm-hmm. of both yeah. the daddies and zaddies of the of the Zodiac. Uh, but like it seems like you get the best qualities of both like the abundance and the supply of Jupiter but like the security and the stability of Saturn yeah and like discipline yeah well we need discipline it cannot just be like I've definitely known some people in my life who was just no type of emperor energy in their life at all and you would just see it continuously manifest into more shitstorm and more shitstorm um (laughs) And it's like, yeah, it's cute for like six months. (laughs) But then, and we all go through those periods, you know, life is a fucking roller coaster, right? Or the growth spiral. Um, But we we need sometimes, and if we feel like we're lacking uh, that emperor energy, I say sometimes even like find a picture, put it on your phone background, like of like a stern, you know stern emperor card looking at you this one's pretty good it's actually the face of sean connery on this emperor <laughs> card because uh this deck was made for a james bond movie that they didn't end up using it for no so, kidding yeah they asked dolly to do it and he was like for sure i forget which james bond movie and then when he did it he was like all right but i want this much money and they're like we're not paying you that much money so he just had this deck laying around but his wife was a reader, too. And she's actually the empress. No kidding. Uh-huh. She's actually the most painted woman of the, like, 20th century. Wow. hmm All right. So, <laughs> so, okay. So, is there anything else that you want to tell us, Stephanie, that is, like, on theme for relationships to kind of uh, bring it all together? Yeah. So... You know, obviously relationships readings are a pretty big uh, trend, but these cards are definitely ways that you can like insert yourself into the story of the tarot, Um, you know, and 
Now, I'm not saying like it all has to be females, you know, being the empress and the high priestess and vice versa and all that. You could insert yourself into any of these cards. Like I said, I found myself feeling very emperor sometimes. We're definitely all the magicians of our own lives. And, you know, for a lot of readings that I do, the high priestess pops up for people because we don't feel aligned with our intuition and things like that. Um, so these cards at the end of the day are just really great ways to sort of insert your own story and yourself into the tarot and the people in your life when you're thinking about the people that you're in relationships with as well. Um, so these cards are just, yeah. They're great for that. Um, they're great to get insight not only into the self, but into the other people in your life as well. And to think about it sort of like a story. Um, and we all have aspects of these cars and of these energies, the, the feminine, the masculine energy within us. And to, yeah, just use the tarot as that sort of gateway tool. Gateway drug. <laughs> it is i feel i feel sucked in now i just want more and more tarot <laughs> thank you so much for sharing your tarot expertise with us stephanie yeah gracias it's been a pleasure so where can people get a reading from you um at coven they can get a reading from me i'm just there on saturdays now um typically from three to eight uh, sometimes I can be there earlier or whatever, depending. Also, you can just like DM me on Instagram at st.ginese and we can pretty much set up a reading or whatever. I used to have a website, but then I realized like people just don't follow instructions. And if they're on Instagram, they're just like, I'll just message you, which is fine too. I'll slide into your DMs. It's fine. <laughs> we'll make it happen. I'm not that. I, I'm saying that now and watch that Emperor card is going to come back again. And it's like, get organized, bitch. Do you do digital or like phone readings? I do. Um, I can do fo over the phone readings, So you don't have to be here in Cleveland, Lakewood, whatever, um, to get a reading. And I can also do digital. I've done DM'd readings, email, text readings, all that good stuff. I'll find a way. We'll find a way. <laughs> we'll find a snail mail readings. <laughs> webcam reading awesome <laughs> well thank you so much stephanie for sharing your knowledge with us and our listeners and yeah that'll be us signing off for this episode of the fallen fruit i'm katherine urban lynette ramos stephanie Janae and we'll catch you next time stay juicy <laughs>